1: This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by our old friend Gene O'Neill to talk about Hollywood douchebaggery, Jordan's Bender, and much more. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. The world series of podcasting. Is that an apt analogy? Well,
2: we're not competing against other podcasts. No, I mean this... it is like a spectacular once a year event. That's what I mean when oh, okay. I say it.
1: Yeah. No, this okay. is the World Series. As the World Series is to the sport of baseball, so this is It's called the Fall Classic, right? We called, we were going to call this episode the Fall Classic.
2: Well, which is it?
1: Reggie Jackson is here. Yeah. Legendary baseball Hall of Famer, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson.
2: He's Oh, just to clarify, though, just so people don't get excited. He's not the guest. He's just hanging out.
1: (laughs) We're not letting him within six feet of a microphone. That guy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Those home runs I hit in the World Series, blah, blah, blah. All my World Series rings, my close friendship with George Steinbrenner, et cetera, et cetera. Should we introduce our guest? Yeah. Um, You know him and love him as uh, not just um, uh, a... a uh, low-level employee on a broad variety of television programs. Not just a guy who used to work at Hot Dog Stand. Um, not just a guy we went to college with, but a true Jordan Jesse Go legend. Perhaps the most beloved guest in Jordan Jesse Goh history, especially now that Ashcon moved to the Bay Area. Uh, former co-host of The Sound of Young America, Mr. Big Time Gene O'Neill. Thank you, Jesse,
3: for detailing my curriculum vitae for Vitae.
1: <laughs> you give me your CV, I'm going to read it.
3: You forgot concierge at the Cat Hotel. I,
1: appre- <laughs> I appreciate, by the way, that you laminated your CV before you brought it in. Do you just have the one copy? Yeah, is that why you asked me to mark it up with a dry erase pen? Yeah, I
3: need, I need that back. <laughs> I gotta give that to
2: Ralphs, Gene. I uh, I feel like all of Jesse's uh, credits for you are a little dated. Have you been? What have you? I mean, what have you been up to? Like, let's let's update your let's update your resume here. Uh, I'm actually not working
3: right now, so not really updated. <laughs> I, I had a uh, a screenplay that sold and failed to go to production, and so um I've been. I guess uh, thinking of myself as in a pseudo. I'm not because I'm technically, I guess I'm not a screenwriter yet. Was the
2: screenwriter Transformers 4? Because they're going to make that now.
3: Oh, what? Yeah. That was my idea. Shit.
2: You know, Jason Statham's going to be in the next two uh, Transformers movies. He is? Yeah. He should have been in the previous three. Yeah, I've, uh, I saw the first one and just hated it more than anything, so I'm, I'm firmly anti-Transformer. But now that Statham's going to be in them, like my world has rocked a little bit. Like It's like Wasn't Andy... my greatest love and my greatest hate have come together.
1: Wasn't Andy Daly in the last one? He was, yeah. Did he die, or is he going to come back for the next one?
2: I don't know. Gene, are you, have you seen
3: Did Transformers? Di- I, I saw the last one. Okay. I feel like he and... Uh, oh God, who's the other comedy guy that was in it? Um, Tyrese. <laughs> yeah.
1: Bill Cosby.
3: Yeah. I Cosby. Uh, no, you know, like uh, uh, Mr. Chang from Community. <laughs>
1: oh sure, Doctor Ken. <laughs> Doctor Ken. Yeah. Doctor Ken was in Transformers.
2: Yeah, he and Andy. Daly. What is Doctor Ken not in? He's in most things. Yeah, he I'm do- fine, fine with it too. You know,
3: he's pretty great. They yeah. had like the only worthwhile scene in that entire movie.
1: I would like to see. What would you? What would you say, Jordan? Mm would be your ideal actor lineup for a Transformers film. You're going to want Bill Macy in there, right? Sure. Um, you're going to, and you're going to want Andy Daly and Jason Statham.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to throw, uh, I don't know, Louis Guzman can go in there. He's, sure. He's good in everything.
1: Louis <laughs> Guzman should be in most movies. I think we
3: need Rob Schneider to play a variety of ethnic
2: <laughs> oh yeah players. like every time they go to a store he's another <laughs> ethnicity <that laughs> yeah he's making it difficult for them to make a transaction
3: he's a guy who keeps sweeping up in front of his storefront after the transformers <laughs> sure. getting increasingly furious
1: yeah can john you
2: broke my watermelons
3: go <clears throat> yell
1: can john Lovitz be like a customer in all of rob schneider's stores mm-hmm. like going like hmm. you know what i mean like, mm-hmm. looking askance. I don't know if there's enough room in the budget for that. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I know he gets the big bucks now that he has his own comedy club <laughs> <laughs> at Universal City Walk. Jordan? Who yeah. else?
2: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you know, Statham, that's a given.
1: Right.
3: Hey, how about some ladies? No. No? <laughs> yeah. No, no,
2: no. I think they bogged down the Transformers I, movies.
3: What, I, what about the great Vanessa Redgrave? No, Okay. Wait, I think she was actually in Transformers Three.
2: Wait, <laughs> what? She... I don't know. You're the one who's actually seen it. Uh, I thought I'm you said you saw it. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't. Seen, I've only seen the first one. And I did, I hated it more than I've. I've hated seen a movie.
1: Transformers: The Animated Movie. Okay. Uh, I think I saw Starring that in Horse the theater. Star Wars and Wells is God.
2: Yeah.
3: Some sort of God <laughs> robot, as I remember. Yeah, I saw the first one and inexplicably talked myself into seeing the third one. <laughs> like I had friends that were like, no, it's it's good now. Yeah, like, that this was one's that really was good. the line
2: that I got from everybody. It's like this one's the good one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I just couldn't believe it.
3: <laughs> that one was the one that was like really dark because watching it, I don't like when you watch through 3D glasses, like everything's just dark to me. So that was just like that was the shadowy one. That's how I thought of it.
2: For sure, the can, sleepy transform.
1: Can I ask you guys a question? Yes. this is a serious question about film and colors. Mm-hmm. How many more movies? will Hollywood make in the genre that I would broadly describe as gray and gold movie? Like the 300. There's a new movie that's from the guys that brought you the 300 Oh, or sure. There's
3: immortal. Oh, Tower
1: Heist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tower Heist. But you know what I'm talking about? Movies where for no reason at all... The whole color palette is exclusively gray and gold, like a sort of warm golden glow well, around seen, everything. I've
2: seen the new uh, or the upcoming Justin Timberlake high concept sci-fi movie in time, and that is gray and green. Oh, so let's switch that up because it's a bit. sci-fi movie, though, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: And gray and gold is for time out of mind movies. Oh, sure.
1: Where everything moves in slow motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, uh, I I feel like maybe this this all got started by, um, like, The Scorpion King and The Mummy. Mm -hmm. The Mummy starring Brendan Fraser.
2: Those are the first gray and yellow movies.
1: Yeah, the first gray and yellow movies where you're like, why is this movie gray and yellow? Mm -hmm. And then, for several years, all movie posters have been gray and yellow. But the movies themselves haven't necessarily been. But there have been so many gray and yellow movies, right? I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not a madman. Uh, I
2: don't know. I mean, i a This has never occurred to
1: me ever. I'm ha- yeah, I'm having a
2: hard time. I mean, I know what you mean. I know what you mean about like movies and their color schemes. But yeah, I mean, the mummy movies.
1: What about that movie with the underground, with the one that was like uh, that famous outsider artist's paintings, but it was by the guy who directed The Watchman? Banksy? <laughs> no, Wait, no. What? Oh oh
2: oh yeah the uh the one where it's like oh, little girls.
1: Punch. Yeah, Sucker Punch, yeah. wasn't no, that? Sucker gray Punch and
2: gold? Sucker Punch has a lot of different vignettes and each vignette has its own color scheme.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just sick of color schemes. Yeah. yeah? You know what I mean? How about this for a color scheme? The color that things are. <laughs> yeah. That could be a good color scheme for a movie. Well, yeah. how
2: will you add a signature style to a movie? Like, well, anybody can just film a purple he can tie. still
1: He can still <laughs> use slow-mo excessively.
3: Oh, okay. Well, Zach yeah, Braffman just quit the film industry. <laughs> <laughs> or
2: Zach Braff. I just say
1: his yeah, name Zach wrong. Yeah, Zach Snyder you're thinking Braff. of. Yeah. You thinking of Zach Braff,
3: or Zach, Braff or Zach No, Snyder? I think Zach Braff has a in
2: uh, Garden State yeah, I and think... no other movies after that. <laughs>
3: He had a couple direct-to-DVD movies.
2: Did he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Tell us about those, Gene. Were they in the vein of Garden State?
3: I didn't see them. I just, I'm just i aware that they
1: Jeez. existed. I knew about your Zach Braff scrapbook, but I guess I didn't know that he had made more movies.
2: Yeah, you guys... Did they take place in the same universe as Garden State? The Garden state averse? Or the scrubs Yeah, they're yeah. kind
3: of like uh, Kurt Vonnegut films in that they all are coterminous without really overlapping. Gotcha. They're coterminous. <laughs>
2: I've heard a theory that all the Adam Sandler movies take place in the same universe, because there's, like, certain linking properties. Like, I hear that, you know, because multiple movies have a bratty, redheaded kid named O'Doyle,
1: uh-huh.
2: like like you can like you can follow some strands and like the suggestion is that Waterboy and Don't Mess with the Zohan all
1: take place in the same universe. Well, I mean, it they I think are they all, they all take place in the same movie. They, t- <laughs> <laughs> they take place in a universe where Rob Schneider and John Lovitz are in movies. Sure. <laughs> so that's one distinguishing characteristic about all of their movies.
3: You know, I'm glad someone's putting John Lovitz in movies. Oh yeah. I mean, no, say I, what you want about
1: the Happy Madison. We can leave behind. You know. Look, let's. We'll leave. Be, I'm. I. Even though he's from a native San Franciscan, I'm going to leave Rob Schneider out to dry. But fair. John Lovitz. Yes, John Lovitz should be in more movies. Yeah,
3: he's a national treasure, and he's the doesn't he seem to get been. work from anyone else except Comedy Central roasts, which I don't get, and then <laughs> Happy Madison films.
1: Well, I think he should have been in the movie National Treasure.
2: Yeah, but. As was- as what Nicolas Cage is looking for the whole time. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. So it's just the whole movie, and then Nicolas Cage breaks into the, you know, the vault of the. Uh, you found me. Of- <laughs> I was what you were looking for. The whole
1: time.
2: Templars, that's what I was trying to think the of. The
1: Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on jordan jesse go it's jordan jesse go i'm jesse thorne america's radio sweetheart jordan morris boy detective big time gene o'neill great to have gene back here isn't it oh yeah it's always a pleasure to have big time gene o'neill in the house hey it's great to have a roof over my head
2: (laughs) (laughs) how long has it been since you've been indoors
3: Oh, uh, several months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, it, is it hard to get adjusted? I uh, no, I feel like I can get right back into it with you guys.
1: Did you yeah. did you bring a towel, or should I loan you one so you can? Uh, no, but I owe you a roll of paper towels. <laughs> oh, gotcha.
3: Gene, yeah.
2: yeah. you still look like you're keeping an eye out for coyotes. Don't worry, they can't get in the house.
3: <laughs> oh, I have a communion with coyotes now.
2: Oh, oh, really? Really? Yeah. Is it like a spirit animal kind of thing?
3: Uh, or no. Is I... it more sexual? It's more just we both realize that we're misunderstood. Right.
2: And that eating garbage is free.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to eat your garbage and kill your cat.
2: Sure. And travel in packs. <laughs>
1: hey jordan i want to yes. before i forget to do this i want to mm-hmm. thank everybody that came out to the comedy club in pasadena yes, last week absolutely. what a fucking that blast was a, that, that was a terrific show it was a really great show totally sold out uh-huh. jam-packed
2: and i think it's going to be at least a, a semi-regular occurrence for the foreseeable future so, absolutely uh, yeah. we're,
1: we're bringing it back the day after thanksgiving the friday after thanksgiving mm-hmm. everybody in socal should come out and check it out us and some of our favorite stand-up comedians that was really fun yeah we um, bring your leftovers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll be making Thanksgiving sandwiches. That's how I like to eat my turkey. <laughs> uh, I love turkey sandwiches made with all of the different stuff from Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah really. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um. What's been going on with you guys? What's up with you, Jordan? You do you just got, like you just got off of a plane? Yes. You're like, um. Uh,
2: I did just get off of a plane, but I think the more interesting story uh-huh. is what did a bum say to you recently? <laughs>
1: okay, Jordan, let me let me. Yeah, I'll rewind that. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, I'm you're... a little off my game. No, 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 I've okay. got a bit of a cold. Uh, okay. um, the day is wearing but off.
2: Usually, like you know, we we get a lot of mileage from airplane stories. Sure. On this show, so I sure, can like, like w- see why you would go to that well.
1: Yeah, it's, why is the packet of peanuts so little? There's not enough peanuts <laughs> no, in there. Oh my gosh! Who wants to eat that food? Am I right? Why is this fat guy sitting next to me?
2: Don't bring the baby on the plane.
1: Here's my question for yeah. you, Jordan. Have you run into any fun or cool bums lately? Why,
2: well, yes, I have, Jesse. Allow me to describe the uh the run in. Or I should say run ins. Oh, run ins. Uh, I was walking I was walking near my house kind of late at night, and um there is a bum that I didn't see. He was lying down, and as I walked by, he yelled at me, uh Excuse me, sir. Could you spare a dollar? I'm a fan of the movie Casino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was interesting. Uh, which was delightful. Uh, I gave him a thumbs up and kept walking. I, I maybe should. In hindsight, I should have given him some money. But uh, uh, and I was kind of near the same area uh, a couple nights ago, and he was in the middle of the street, uh, in the middle of the street, yelling at cars. Excuse me. Can I have a dollar? I'm a fan of the movie Young Guns. <laughs> so this bum has like a really distinct strategy, right? Is it like, and I, I mean, I don't know if these are the only two movies he uses, or if he just changes the movie nightly. But or those are movies on sale for a dollar at Suncoast. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, specifically these. This is what he wants to buy with the dollar.
1: Are you suggesting that at this point VCRs have become something that is inside of a bum's cardboard box? Like a bum could have a, a or like a, a cathode ray television connected to a VCR inside of a his, his box. Yeah, well, what
2: did we, we all do with our old VCRs?
1: Gave them to bums. You're right. Yeah. Installed them in bums in cardboard boxes.
2: I mean, obviously, this is a strategy that works for him on some level. And I guess I wonder... I don't know, maybe it's just well, like why, just why obviously
1: having... if I can interrupt you. <laughs> Do
2: you look like
3: he was rolling in
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess still a bum. It hasn't he worked. He's wearing a tuxedo <laughs> while shouting from the middle of the street. Right, yeah. Um yeah, I guess it hasn't got him out of bum land yet.
3: Yeah. Maybe I need to add that to my curriculum my C V fan of young guns.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of him being really successful at this and still doing it like he's in the middle of the street. He just grabs a handful of caviar. A handful of caviar. Tosses it in the air and catches it in his mouth and <laughs> says he's a big fan of the movie Young Guns. Sure,
2: but yeah, it seems like those are odd choices too. It's like, but maybe like the bum is considering. Well, what are movies that people have emotional connections with? Like
1: he's like. Well, for one, Maverick.
2: Sure. Yeah, Maverick, Dark City, <laughs> Sorrow and the Pity. <laughs> sure. But, yeah, I mean, he you know, maybe it's like, oh, well, I don't want to just, like, I don't know, what's the number one movie at the box office? Real Steel. He's like, well, I, you know, Real Steel is very popular, but, you know, it's one of those movies that's just kind of like, well, here's something I can take the kids to. It's
1: he's not- He's looking for movies that college freshmen bring posters of. To put up on their dorm room walls, yeah, movies oh, yeah.
2: with a frat cult. Well, oh, maybe that's probably. it. Oh, I guess I didn't make that connection between Casino and Young Guns, but yeah, that's a good. I, I think that's a good. The question, theory. the
1: thing to do would be to ask him what he thinks about The Usual Suspects or
2: Fight Club or Taxi Driver. Sure. Yeah, I mean, those... you're in loathing in Las Vegas, maybe could also go on that. Uh, go in that pile.
1: Yeah, some Kubrick movies, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, old school big lebowski big lebowski would be a good one
2: but also where does a bum watch a movie i guess i guess it would make more sense to me if he was yelling about a movie that was in theaters because i guess i could see like a bum getting his bum money and like going into a movie theater you know <laughs> like i guess real steel to me would make bum more sense. money <laughs> <Bum> bucks
1: <laughs> well jordan i mean yeah. haven't you ever heard of peep shows no, you go yeah. and you put a quarter in the thing opens mm-hmm. and you get to watch just a little bit of casino.
2: Just, <laughs> oh, right! You got to keep you got to keep feeding the box if just, you want to. Uh,
1: just a little, just a little bit of heat, but you got to put more quarters in if you want to see uh, if you want to see the scene where Pacino and De Niro are together. Right. So that's how they get you. You got to keep putting those quarters in. Yeah. Until really, you yeah. get to see you them see, together. Yeah.
2: Like, well, wait. You're
3: thinking of heat. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you were talking about Casino. I'm oh, no. Sorry. I
1: switched it to Heat. Oh, okay. Yeah, I said also you get to see a little that. bit of Heat. Heat is another good example of this. Absolutely. Basically, all of Michael Mann's oeuvre <laughs> would fit into this. Sorry, I said oeuvre. I don't no, I didn't that's mean fine. to upset anyone.
3: Yeah, I was I, trying to remember other Michael Mann movies. <laughs> I only remembered Heat.
1: Thief? Thief is a good Oh, one. Thief is good. Thief? It's yeah, like the thief preheat. awesome. Yeah, Thief is great.
2: I didn't see Johnny Depp as Dillinger movie, but I liked the idea of that movie.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I liked the idea of Miami Vice, and it turned out to be pretty boring. I feel like most of Michael Mann's movies are, you like the idea of it. I do really like Thief, though. What about Collateral? That was pretty great.
3: Oh, Collateral is good.
1: Yeah. I like, you know what the secret is? It's got to be a movie about a dude taking care of business at night while uh, 80s electronic music plays. And it's set in Los Angeles. Yeah and the streets are really wet. All the streets are wet. Yeah. They hose down. And all there's the a Soundgarden song. Yeah. <laughs> and Jamie Foxx Fox is surprisingly good.
3: But sure. later Under it- Tom it. Cruise is unsurprisingly great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a very handsome
1: man, very charismatic.
2: Um, but I had another uh movie related <laughs> uh movie related thing happen to me that I thought you guys might like to hear about. Wait a minute. Movies, Tinseltown, showbiz. I know. Fill me in. Sure. Uh, I did the uh, I did the press junket for Tower Heist uh yesterday. Did you see Tower Heist? I did see Tower Heist. Uh
1: what did you think of Tower Heist?
2: Tower Heist is pretty good.
1: Oh, uh, I'm funny, very happy to hear that. The funny
2: parts are actually Thank funny. Thank God. Uh, a nice sad sack performance from um Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Um,
1: would you say that would you say that uh Michael Peña who's in this film sure. who people might remember from um uh, the the version of Paul Blart that had the uh, rape in it. Yeah. What was that called? Seth
2: Rogen, rape cop. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sexual
1: assault policeman. The bleakest comedy ever made. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah,
2: he's in this. He's very funny.
1: He was so great in that. He's in that. Would you say that Luis Guzman has passed his torch to Michael Peña?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you need a, a Hispanic guy to do a funny voice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's like, well... God, I would love to see something where like Luis Guzmán is Michael
1: Pena's mentor. Oh, that would be tremendous! Yeah, I mean they're both. They're also. I think the other things that uh, the other things that are significant about them is they're both impressively grounded mm-hmm. uh, for how funny and uh, ridiculous they can be. Sure, like they have that combination of. I mean, obviously guzman tending more towards the grounded and Pena tending more towards the silly mm-hmm. but each of them has both of those things in a remarkable combination
2: absolutely
3: how is casey affleck rep- uh, reprising his role from oceans 11 through 13
2: surprisingly effective does Man. he have a
3: brother he argues with constantly
2: <laughs> no but the, the man's got it down he doesn't need the brother anymore you know he's oh. just he's like hey i got this Brett Ratner's like, hey, we can give you a brother in this. And he's like, you know what? I got it. <laughs> and it can be Scott Kahn. All <laughs> right.
1: Is this mo- this is- so, this movie is like Oceans 13. Does it have Super Dave in it?
2: No, Super Dave is not involved.
1: What the fuck? Yeah. Gene, you told me this movie's like Oceans 13.
3: Oh, I forgot to say, except no Super Dave. Oh,
2: Fucking Dave, shit. It's like a Super Dave less Oceans 13. Man, why aren't we just
3: getting Super Dave movies at this point? <laughs> is
2: that even a real. He yeah, a cartoon for a while. Yeah.
1: I would love to watch a movie starring Super Dave. I
3: mean, I call him Super Dave, but there could be uh, a Marty Funkhauser movie, I think. (laughs) I would watch a Funkhauser flick.
2: Um, But the kind of amazing thing that happened is this movie, as as I maybe suggested, is directed by Brett Ratner. Yeah. Uh, And I guess, you know, I guess I'm familiar with Brett Ratner's reputation as being a Hollywood douchebag, but I guess I don't really know why. I guess he's the guy you get to do the buy-the-book sequel when no one else wants to do it.
1: Yeah, but the the big, big, big money mm, Hollywood sequel.
2: Right, sure. But I guess other than maybe just being involved with some kind of creatively bankrupt projects, I guess I don't understand why... He's regarded as a... I mean, I know he is, but I guess... I is think there he, anything specific?
1: He is in part... I think part of his appeal is that he is a Hollywood douchebag who is white, mm-hmm. but is friends with Hollywood douchebags who are black. So he's sort of like an interface between white and black Hollywood douchebaggery. Interesting.
2: Who's a black Hollywood douchebag? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was about to... About
2: <laughs> that sounds like the most racist thing I've... It feels like the most racist yeah. thing I've ever said when Forbes I Forbes should I'd do an that. article... Yeah.
1: Like 50 Cent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like okay. 50 Cent would be a good example of, I don't know if Brett Ratner is specifically friends with 50 Cent, mm-hmm. but Brett Ratner's got 50 Cent's f- phone number in his phone, and he can convince a studio guy, if we need to go urban with this thing, sure. I've got black people's phone number in my phone. Yeah. Whereas the studio guy, he's never met any black people.
2: Okay. Uh, anyways, so I'm familiar Sidney
1: with- Poitier one time at an awards dinner. Gotcha. Oh, is he a Hollywood black douchebag? <laughs> no, no. He's he's a class act. Uh, Sir Sidney Platt.
2: So while you're doing uh while you're doing a junket... That's it.
1: president Sidney Platt. Yeah, this is America. <laughs>
2: uh yeah, once an actor reaches a certain level of respect, you have to start referring to him as president.
1: <laughs> president Lee Jones?
2: Mm-hmm. Um uh, So, uh, so you know, when you do these press junkets, you kind of wait outside of a hotel suite. You kind of wait in a line with other reporters, and you go in for your four minutes. You leave, they go in, do their four minutes, and leave. Uh, anyways, do you actually
1: wait in the hallway? You do. There's, like, little chairs set up. Oh, jeez. All yeah. the ones that I've done, it's been multiple rooms in the suite, and you get to w- sit in one of the rooms of the suite like a human being.
2: Oh, that's neat. There is a nice uh, hospitality area. Okay. Like, just, like... It's like uh, the hall is kind of the on deck circle.
1: You're sort of describing waiting in line outside an estate sale before it opens. <laughs>
2: yeah, Do so you have to
1: put your name on a list.
2: <laughs>
3: Wait, so when we're see- when we're seeing you interview people on those uh, fuel things, that's that's not your like little studio there.
2: No, I don't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't construct that and put up posters for their movie that they're promoting. Oh, okay. Um, but I um,
1: anyway. So it would be a fun way to add some color to the shot, though.
2: It, yeah. So, but, uh, so, you know, people are cycling in and then the kind of publicity person comes out and she's like, um, we're just going to hold for, we're going to hold Brett's room for a few minutes. And then we just kind of, we sit and we sit and like, nobody's going in, but you know, it happens sometimes. Sometimes they're eating or need to make a phone call or something. But, uh, as we're waiting, uh, the elevator opens up and, uh, five, uh, leggy, plastic surgeryed uh Asian women in Kelly Bundy dresses get out <laughs> and go into Bre- and go into Brett Ratner's room. So, I don't know. I thought that was great. Like that's kind of like, oh, that's exactly what you like, oh, that's someone behaving exactly as 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 advertised.
3: Oh, so this didn't refute the uh gossip that you heard about him.
2: No, uh-uh, yeah. Or, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that that's inherently a douchebaggy thing to do but to send for several Asian women, but uh
1: I um, but you know he's he's pals with Chris Tucker, mm-hmm. and I had always given Chris Tucker a lot of credit for Fifth oh,
2: Element. Yes, we all do.
1: <laughs> no, for only, for making a bajillion dollars in those Rush Hour movies. Yeah, which I, I I think I only saw Rush Hour one, but I did enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then just going around and doing like being a UN goodwill ambassador. Oh or some yeah, shit.
2: he quit movies to just be a yeah. liaison to.
1: And I I always thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I read this article, I read this feature about him in uh, the New York Times Magazine, and it was was a... I would describe it as a fawning piece, Mm -hmm. but it was that kind of thing where sometimes you'll read this type of article in a GQ magazine, like a real classic GQ magazine article, where they're fawning over someone, but it's clear that they spent a week... 10 days with that person and they can't couldn't find anything good to say about them. Yeah. And so they just fawn over like what kind of French fries they ordered or whatever. Sure. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he's got great shoestring French fries or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Great choice. That's what I would have ordered. It it made
2: (laughs) me. He's a man of the people.
1: (laughs) It made me wonder whether I got, whether I got Chris Tucker all wrong in this Hollywood douchebaggery with his friend Brett Ratner. That might explain it. Yeah, that might explain the situation.
2: Perhaps. Um, I also saw a funny billboard. Well, wait. I want. Uh, oh, we'll okay. get to this billboard in a sure. second. I it's actually want to say.
1: I'm going to say one thing about uh, articles in GQ magazine. Please. I read this. Gene, do you know who uh, the rapper Rick Ross is? Uh, I'm familiar, I've heard his name. Okay, he's a, he's a rapper from, Jordan, you, you know who this is, right?
2: Yeah, oh, this is also, I, I also have this question. Is it now a thing where rappers don't have a rap
1: name, they just call themselves their regular guy name? See, now, Rick Ross's name is not Rick Ross. Okay. Rick Ross is the name, this is part of the Rick Ross mythos, mm-hmm. is that Rick Ross is... Rick Ross was a famous drug dealer in Miami. Okay. Like a super famous drug dealer. Like a Scarface dealer. type Yeah, like character? a Scarface oh, type okay. guy. Oh, okay. Now I, yeah, I remember
2: Oh, that's that another out. thing that bum can yell about. Scarface. <laughs> anyway, yeah. sorry.
1: But um, not dead when Rick Ross named himself Rick Ross okay. and sued Rick Ross. Wow. For naming himself Rick oh, Ross. Oh, Rick Ross is not that drug dealer. No, 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 no. He's not a drug dealer at all. In fact, he was a correctional officer.
2: Uh, I feel like when people want to make uh, jokes, like people make rap jokes, they still like if they have to make up a fake rap name, they still add MC this or DJ this on the front. That does, that like that's that's an outdated conceit. That right? hasn't
1: happened since 1993.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like when people are creating fake rap names, it's always like, oh yeah, like MC Diamond Face, like and. The, anyway, state, the
1: state of satire of hip-hop and hip-hop-based uh, jokes about other things really has progressed very little <laughs> since 1993, sure. I would say. You got the Lonely Island, and that's about it.
2: <laughs> right. That's the most sophisticated <laughs> hip-hop joke so far.
1: But there was this article in GQ magazine. I can get, I've get. i been getting GQ magazine, and um, while I appreciate that GQ.com did an article about me recently... This magazine, it will have an occasional glimmer of one of the feature articles will be great. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes there will be a long, serious magazine writing-y article in GQ that's great. Mm-hmm. And I do like Glenn O'Brien, the style guy. But everything else Sometimes there will be a
2: fun Q&A with a cute girl from Houston who they've named uh, America's greatest hostess.
1: That's the part that I think is the, makes it just a mind-bendingly dumb magazine. Sometimes they alert you to a new $800 shaving cream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is really... I, I, or a I, picture of a sandwich from Denver that you'll never get to eat. I have a lot of questions about GQ magazine, but I have to say, there was an article about Rick Ross in GQ magazine, and it revealed Rick Ross's lifestyle. And if you guys don't know about Rick Ross, Rick Ross's main things are, he's fat, Mhm. He usually doesn't wear a shirt, and he's covered in tattoos. Okay. Um, and he has, a, he has a big beard. Um, he's sort of like, he's a little like a bit Viking. like. Um,
2: <laughs> like some sort of rap Viking.
1: He's a little bit like the, uh, he, he's a little bit like the Tim, the lead singer from Les Savi Favre. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, um, but a rap version of that that's an analogy I can appreciate, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and as a white. I'm comfortable thinking about that, <laughs> and uh it really like this article was really just about Rick Ross living this Rick Ross lifestyle, which is interesting because Rick Ross is one of the first rappers to have been. uh, sort of openly, 50 Cent openly exposed him as not being a drug dealer, whatever, 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 by passing around pictures of him as a correctional officer, Mm -hmm. which he was. And it sort of doesn't, it sort of has not slowed Rick Ross down. It failed to tarnish his reputation
3: when it came to light that he wasn't a drug dealer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) I guess guess I'm
2: surprised to hear, to hear that in rap it still matters that you... We're actually a drug dealer who's been shot. Well,
1: that's the it thing. Seems like it. I mean, the thing. Maybe it doesn't. The thing about Rick Ross is he is the first person to have truly transcended that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the point where he openly, he openly is like living a mythic lifestyle, <laughs> like that has no grounding in anything. Uh, but because he is doing it openly, uh, it it fly, it seems to fly. And the reason is this. There's a couple of reasons. One is he's made some really good records lately. But the main reason it was, was absolutely perfectly evidenced in this GQ article. There's this part where Rick Ross and the reporter from GQ and Rick Ross's producer and a couple of just Rick Ross's friends and Rick Ross's bouncer are all at the Louis Vuitton store in Miami. And Rick Ross is just buying different people shit. At the Louis Vuitton. There's some chicks there, too. He's just buying some different people shit. And Rick Ross turns to the reporter who's writing the article about him for GQ magazine and says, see anything you'd like to fuck with, courtesy of Rick Ross? (laughs) (laughs) And that is such a magical moment.
2: So wait, rappers fuck suitcases? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the moral of the story. I
2: thought it was beautiful women.
1: Rappers fuck suit—well, they fuck—they oh, fuck suitcases, beautiful suitcases and be- yeah. Okay, well, and, and
2: that's, it can't just be like you know and dad's bo- overnight bag
3: and boxy women. Man, when okay. you get a really successful Jordan, you can just fuck anything you
2: want. Wow, awesome! <laughs> yeah. And you can't go to jail. <laughs>
1: I mean, remember, remember that one time that Lil Kim uh, had the Louis Vuitton monogram spray painted on her uh, by David Lachapelle. I don't
2: remember that, but it sounds like something that happened.
1: It was so she could fuck rappers. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, they have that a makes hard, sense. They can't get a boner without that happening. Gotcha. Anyway, I was just wondering, guys, uh, if you guys see anything here you'd like to fuck with, courtesy of Rick Ross. <laughs> 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 anyway, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica.
4: Love
1: love love It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective, big time Gene O'Neill. Jordan. Yes um
2: oh, wait can i say about this billboard real quick yes yeah, <laughs> i know i teased it in the last segment and people are gonna go nuts if there's no follow-through yeah okay uh there's this was it for whitney it was not for whitney yeah oh. because oh it's unlikely
3: that it was funny then Do you guys know half of all marriages end in sweatpants
2: <laughs> i did know that after i seeing the billboard it's a very serious issue um there's a there's a series of billboards uh, that I I I can I only imagine it's just an LA thing. It's this guy advertising his painless dentistry, and he's like real goofy looking and has a Hawaiian shirt on, and it's uh, like you know the, it's talking up its kind of painless, its painless dentistry. And the thing is, we cater to dental chickens, and it's like well that's goofy, but he's got a goofy Hawaiian shirt on, and like you know that's that's fun. It's his thing. Uh, there's a billboard. Uh, for another dentistry place with no one goofy on it that I think is trying to capitalize off that, but maybe the uh, whoever wrote the copy for the billboard doesn't have a good grasp of English because it just says we cater to cowards. <laughs> 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 anyway, we can move on.
1: Uh, Jordan, what, what, I, I, I don't know if Gene knows this yet, but you, your show, The Daily Habit, mm-hmm. has, will be coming to an end sure. not long from now. <laughs> And we've been talking on the show about what you can do with your life now that you will be unemployed. Of course, you'll probably be uh, doing some screenwriting. Sure, um, you're, you'll certainly be uh, getting getting started on a hundred push-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hundred push-ups plan. Well, maybe a-
2: first, first well, that's a long road. The first step will be one non-girl
1: push-up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, eventually a hundred push-ups.
1: Maybe a couch to five sure. k. you could try. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh I think we threw we threw it out to the audience mm-hmm. last week. What do people think? Uh, you should spend your time doing. We've gotten some interesting suggestions. Actually, there was someone on the forum, uh, who pointed out something really interesting, which is that it seems that your period of unemployment. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was Pete on the forum said this is going to coincide with the NBA lockout. So there are a lot of NBA players Mm. locked out right now. I think that opens up a lot of possibilities. Number one, there's been some rumors that Kobe Bryant is going to go play in Italy. You could consider playing professional basketball in Italy. Yeah, okay. That's one thing you could think about. They like me over there. I Um, guess,
2: well, I mean, mean, just to... I mean, because I can combine it with the screenwriting. I mean, I guess I should probably write another Space Jam movie. Right, exactly. Because these guys aren't playing basketball, they're going to want to do a little bit of acting with Looney Tunes. I
1: think you should think about developing a double act with Dirk Nowitzki.
2: Oh, who's that? Uh, he's, a, <laughs> he's a... Basketball he's a, player?
1: One of the top basketball players. Okay. He's
3: German, so you've got
1: a funny voice.
2: Oh, cool. Great. Well, you, We can use that.
1: And he's very tall, uh, which is great for a double act. Mm-hmm. And he's a great shooter, which is great for a double act, because you're, you're a great penetrator. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, wait a minute. Is this a gay double act? <laughs> yes. Is this an act where I get fucked by a basketball player and people toss coins at us? Did I not mention that that's what this is? I'm just... I wanted to clarify. Well, yeah. you don't have anything better. You'll be traveling... I'll write another Space Jam movie. That's a great idea. America wants another Space Jam movie.
1: The thing is, is I think that the whole premise of Space Jam was it was basically a vehicle for the R. Kelly classic, I Believe I Can Fly. And I yeah, don't... They
2: were, they, it was originally called, I Believe I Can Fly.
1: And I don't know if Kells has another one of those in him. Hmm. Okay. So I would put my priority first, get to Chicago with a pen and a pad. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly is semi-illiterate. <laughs> and... <laughs> and help him write a sequel to i believe i can fly
2: okay and then like the space jam sequel will just write itself yeah
1: i believe i can swim exceptionally well in parentheses that's a parenthetical a lot of hit songs have a good parenthetical in there okay um we did get some we did get (laughs) some call i am so incoherent um, we did get some telephone calls uh, on the subject. We threw it out there as an action item. Uh, let's go to the tape.
5: Hello, Jordan, Jesse go. This is Brandon. Um, I actually studied Transformations of Consciousness in college. Yeah, it was a ridiculous major. And now I...
1: Wait, that was his major? transfer yeah i don't
2: even know what that is i can't i i
1: we wanted to find a transformative experience for you because oh, you okay, insisted sure, sure. that you should go on a bender right and i, I was got some,
2: there was some when i mentioned it to a couple of co-workers like they were into doing the bender with me
1: jordan they work on an extreme sports tv show
2: i'm just saying it won't I, it's it's less sad if i'm not alone so, I, I'm kind of more into the bender now. I mean, I'm it's willing to hear it. It's more dangerous
1: if you do it with guys that work on an extreme sports yeah. television show. I think a
3: bender for them might be different than a bender for you.
2: Yeah. I'll just call Dan Cortez and ask him what his benders have been like. And then <laughs> that's so I can just like get a good idea. Because I bet is whatever that, we do will involve do rags.
1: Is that like the Dirk Nowitzki of skateboards? It is. Okay, great.
2: No, Rock. Dan Cortez from uh, Yo! MTV Sports. <laughs> Wait, is that something? <laughs> no, yeah. I combined MTV Sports yeah. and Yo! MTV Raps. <laughs> you know, Dan, we have to have about Dan Cortez on the show, right?
1: I don't think I know who Dan Cortez is. Okay,
2: well, Dan Cortez, uh, in the era of Kennedy and House of Style, hosted uh-huh. MTV Sports, and he always had a do-rag, and he was like, you know, told you about street lugeing and ice wall-climbing. And uh, he would always, I mean, I think, I don't know if he uh, invented this move, but he certainly, like, was one of its, you know, one of was was one of its great backers. The uh, talking into the camera and right before your face hits the camera, turning your face sideways. Oh. I don't know if he invented that. I don't know if it's called the Cortez. That's so. pretty
3: extreme. Anyway, I think I, he also figured prominently into Pepsi's chill out campaign.
2: Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs>
3: That's what I know. It makes
2: sense.
1: I saw a great move on the World Series. I was just watching the World Series. It's where, uh, are you familiar with this Stand Up to Cancer campaign? This is an advertising campaign for a major credit card company that happens to have a minor corollary in the field of uh, philanthropy. So everyone has these cards that say, I stand up for, and then there's a spot where you write the name of someone who has cancer or died from cancer. Mm-hmm. That you're making your voice heard by making purchases with the credit cards of this credit card. Com- How many people just wrote
2: the main character from Breaking Bad? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, they, they, the, you, wrote, you write the name of an actual loved one sure. or Steve Jobs or whatever. And, uh, and they had the whole ballpark in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, the ballpark at Arlington. Everyone was standing up with these signs that say, I stand up for blank, right? And they had written the name of their loved one with cancer in there. And they're panning across this crowd, and these two girls are holding these signs, and they have the names of people that died of cancer in their family or whatever but they're also leaning over the rail of the stadium and making devil horns into the camera.
2: Ah, uh, they just did not understand the tone of what was going on.
1: <laughs> it was a real tonal error, I would yeah. say. It was a real misstep.
2: I mean, I think just be, just from the nature of young people's TV, uh-huh. I think they just assume that if there's a TV camera pointed at you, you're supposed to yell and gesture. Right. Like they don't, you know, understand that different programs have different tones.
1: Well, maybe they were, maybe they were making an argument that... Cancer is a, is a devil of a disease.
3: Oh, sure. Or maybe they thought they're taking a stand against the establishment man.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Uh, represented in this case by the deadly disease cancer.
2: <laughs> Wait, okay, so this guy majored in transformative experiences. The, est-
1: the establishment is the cancer of fun. Mm-hmm. Did he
2: go to Santa Cruz with us?
1: I don't know. He must have gone, if I was going to predict where he went to college, I would say Hampshire. Okay. Right, because that's a college, that's that college where uh, I think Eugene Merman went there and majored in comedy.
2: Yeah.
3: I feel like transformative experience was a major option at UC Santa Cruz. or Didn't we have like higher consciousness or wasn't there something like that? Well,
2: (laughs) it was called tripping balls.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was, um, oh gosh, what was it called? History of ID, history History of of consciousness. consciousness. Yeah. History of consciousness was a, but that was only a graduate major. Oh. You can only get a masters degree in history of consciousness. <laughs> what did that mean? It was like a it was like a it was like a philosophical history thing. Oh. It was like a history of philosophy, oh. but this guy just this guy is trying to tell us that he majored in peyote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Santa Cruz people I think just majored in uh watching uh uh that Johnny Depp movie, the Fear, one, and, loathing the Las fear Vegas. and Loathing in Las Vegas, yeah.
5: Make burritos at a food cart. But anyways, I would recommend for Jesse, or no, Jordan, sorry, that he go on a medicine walk. It's very easy. It takes about an hour. No drugs involved.
1: Well, it depends how far away the Dwayne Reed is from where you are in that
5: sure.
2: Duane, Also, I'm on the East Coast <laughs> yeah. in this situation.
5: <laughs> no long commitments. Just go to your local park. Draw a line in the sand. Put your intention out there. I want to know what I want to do with the rest of my life. How do I not hate myself? Whatever it is. And step over the line, go on a walk. Go on a walk for about an hour, come back, cross over the line, reflect on the walk. Think of the imagery, think about what you thought about, write it down. And typically, the subconscious will bring something up for you to work with. If not, you want an honest little hike. And if you want to go really ballsy, turn it into a vision quest. Okay, bye. Thanks for doing everything you do. Later.
1: That guy gave a really thoughtful
5: answer.
2: Yeah, I mean... I guess. Too bad the solution was just walk around <laughs> until you figure shit out. Yeah, that's not what we're
3: looking for at all. Where's the debauchery?
2: Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, you know, and I, I don't, I don't like this implication that I hate myself either.
1: You want all these calls Me to sure. start with. Have you ever fucked a chick in the
2: ass? (laughs) (laughs) Because now's the time to start really trying to make that happen.
1: There were a lot of really thoughtful... I mean, people really care about you, Jordan. Yeah. There were a lot of thoughtful answers. A lot of people suggested you you take this opportunity to do some exercising. Sure. Um... I mean, it's not because they think you're fat. It's just because they yeah, think no, no, it's a no, good it's opportunity.
2: Like, yeah, that's a big, it's a big uh, enemy of exercise is the uh, is uh, the being fat, predictable job. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, as probably the most frequently uh, unemployed person in this room, mm-hmm. um, let me just say, like, I think it's you're going to find it impossible to do anything productive when you become unemployed because yeah. your immediate reaction is self-loathing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's just. There's just no way you're going to be motivated to do anything constructive or to make it. You're not going to want to make yourself better at
2: all. Okay. You're, Wait, so how do I... Well, then what's the... What's what's the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess I'm asking? Mescaline. Okay.
3: Uh, the light at the end of the tunnel is that you just do something very, very destructive and you just make yourself so sick and that you have no choice but to want to improve yourself at the end of it. You have to kind <laughs> oh, of make okay. yourself... Oh, it
2: can't be... It can't just be like... <laughs> You know, a whim, like, hey, I'd like to be in better shape. Like, it has to, you have to force yourself into it. Yeah, shape. like,
3: no, every time I'm about to go unemployed, because, like, I, you know, I, like, I've worked in TV, as Jesse said. I do, like, low-level <laughs> working in reality TV shows. They, they go three months at a time, and then it's, you got to find a new job. And it's not always you go from job to job. And I always think, oh, this is great. I'm going to, like, read this book and this book, and I'm going to get back in shape, mm-hmm. and I'm going to start running again. And I do none of those things. What do you do? Uh, I'm not going to give you my examples, but like I, I'll cite, you know, we, I, uh, I'll tell you this about my, uh, great uncle Ed. It's my mom's uncle Mm -hmm. and he's the king of benders. Uh (laughs) He only recently died at like, (laughs) God, he was like 93 or something like that. But he's a guy that just. From
2: a bend. Did he die on a bender?
3: No, he, he died from, uh, I think he died from liver failure, but he was a guy that just like for, for like. On a yacht. Yeah. Right. But this is a guy for like who for 20 years. That he stole. (laughs) <laughs> that actually happened. <laughs> uh, he actually stole a yacht once on Lake Michigan. Uh, but this was a guy that, like, is since since he only died recently, and since I was a little kid, every time we were visiting Great Uncle Ed, he
1: can't get away. Like, He's <laughs> got land on all He's sides. He's got to lay low well, for a while. He stole
3: a friend's yacht that he knew how to steal, and he crashed it into uh, a pier, a, a navy pier, apparently. Right. Uh, anyway, but so this was like a guy that. Every time, like, since I was a little kid, every time we visited, visited him, my mom was like, you know, this is probably, Uncle Ed is probably going to die soon. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> he was still an, a raging alcoholic, like, in his 80s. He was just constantly drunk. And, but, like, he just somehow, he just, he's just one of those guys that just his body refused to die. Right. Despite the fact he would drink, like, a handle of vodka a day. And, uh... He was always barred from family weddings because he would get too yeah. he would just get too drunk. but when he would somehow he always somehow like found out about it and he would get there and the way he would keep track of his drinks, which uh, his sister, my grandma, do. was like, always put. Now,
2: sh- what, okay, so what, I, I guess, do you know anything about this insistence on showing up at weddings? Did he just like, still want to be part of the family or was it just because, oh, there's free booze here? I th- well, what happened was is a big,
3: people, they didn't want, like whoever was getting married mm-hmm. was always like, no, don't let Uncle Ed come because he'll just get too wasted. Yeah. But then, you know, Uncle Ed would notice that there was this sudden influx of family in town. Oh, sure. <laughs> He'd be like, what's going on? And people were like, oh, it's just, you know, Everyone's in town. We're visiting. And then finally someone would feel bad, like, ah, so-and-so or their wedding is this week. And then he would show up. And uh, his ritual was always to, like, yeah, put a a little red straw in his uh, breast pocket for every drink he had. Mm -hmm. And then he would start like he would like kind of grab like one of his nephews like he would i don't know i always end up kind of being like a point man on this he would grab me and and he would call me sean which is my brother's name and he'd be Mm -hmm. like sean did you know that i can do still do handstands and no one else believes it i'm just like and the first time i heard this i was like you cannot do a a fucking handstand you're like 80 (laughs) years old and you're wasted and i and i like didn't know at the time that you were not supposed to tell uncle ed that he can't do a handstand right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he was like okay well we can't do it in here because mm, people will get upset and so like he, he would go out he like brought me outside of like the hotel or wherever we having it and he would seriously go in the middle of the street and he would do a fucking handstand like <laughs> yeah. an eight or like wasted guy and he would do it and all the straws would come right like spilling out he's all like, over the oh, place. Oh, I haven't had a
2: drink yet. And that's exactly, that's how no, he would that's how reset, he reset. That's how he'd
3: reset the drink meter. He'd be like, no, oh, man. I haven't had anything to drink tonight. <laughs> but uh, anyway, apparently, after one wedding, Uncle Ed uh, ended up in Mexico somehow. Like, he, wow. is, I'm not
1: even kidding. He, and we should explain yeah. your family's from Chicago. Yes. He's they're, from, they're not from San Diego, he, for example. No, he lives... Or El Paso. Yeah,
3: he disappeared. For a week, and everyone was really worried about him. And then he called, like my uncle Dave, who lives in San Francisco, and because I guess, like, I don't know, he had like an understanding. He was hoping Uncle Dave wouldn't tell. He's like, "Don't tell anybody. Just come down to Mexico." He's like, "Everyone <laughs> thinks you're dead. I have to tell them <laughs> yeah. that I found you." It's like, "No, no, no, no. Just take me home, and I'll just say, like, uh, you know, I was, you know, a friend's house for a week or something like Fugue,
2: that." Fugue state. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> what is It's kind of similar, though, I guess. So, I guess
1: the moral of the story, Jordan, is that you should be more like this guy. You need to go on a a
3: true... true, I mean, of course, like, he would come back... Like, obviously, he repeated this scenario throughout his life, but the only way that he became motivated to change himself was that, you know, he had to just, like, sink to the absolute bottom. Right. And, uh, and he enjoyed it, too, while he was doing it. Yeah. So you're advocating rock bottom. I am advocating rock bottom.
2: Okay. Does this include alienating loved ones?
3: Mm, there's probably going to be some collateral damage with the loved ones.
2: <laughs> all right. All right. No, no. I'm just, I'm just prepping for it mentally.
3: But you know what? It's a true test of who really loves you. Yeah, right. You know? Who's
2: willing to put up with my... Put up with, or who has similar problems,
1: I guess. Yeah. Jordan, anytime Gene starts to give you advice, I just want you to think about the time in college when Gene decided that it would be fun to see how long he could stay awake to see what happened.
2: What happened? Why, Something what? cool?
1: <laughs> the walls started to breathe.
2: <laughs> Great, yeah. So you're saying take everything Gene says at face value.
3: Yeah, I guess that's pretty You know, I, I don't appreciate... You always insinuate that I give bad advice. Like, my advice <laughs> is to, like, go against what Gene says.
2: <laughs> I've gotten some pretty good tips from Gene. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh point break holds up. <laughs> that's a good tip I got from Gene once. Yeah. It's true, it does. Yeah,
1: I can't even I can't deny that.
2: Fallout three is good.
1: Yeah, it sounds like solid advice. Sorry, Gene, I take it back. Yeah. Maybe I should try staying up for as long as I can to see what happens. Well, you're doing it now already, right? Yeah. That's that's you're... called being a new father, guys. <laughs> right? <Yeesh>. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's
2: swimsuit season. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, hey Jordan, this is Josh in LA. Uh, this is, uh, I guess, for Jordan Jesse Go, but uh, specifically for Jordan and his trans experience suggestions. Uh, I was going through a pretty pretty rough patch myself uh, a few months ago, and something that really helped me through it that I think will help you is uh, try and get good with a Street Fighter character that you just didn't like before. Uh, I used to play primarily as Ken, and it turns out I'm also pretty good with E-Honda. So uh, that really turned things around for me, and uh, good luck getting a new uh
1: Oh, God, do I wish this was a television show right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you could see Jordan leaning back in his chair with his arms crossed, giving careful consideration to this suggestion, and nodding thoughtfully, Yes! That is an interesting and reasonable suggestion for a transformative experience huh. in this traumatic time in my life. I thought I saw an eye roll, like, yeah, thanks, buddy,
3: I've already done that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, game, set, match. My assumption well, Kennedy, was that. Honda two very different characters.
1: Sure. Um, one is a guy, and one is some kind of green monster.
2: Oh no, you're thinking of Blanca, and that is my character. That's the one I would be departing from.
1: Oh, Blanca, that's is that the? I thought that was the yoga guy with the stretchy arms. Dalsam. Oh.
2: Yeah. Any other questions about which Street Fighter <laughs> characters are named? I got the answers. Yeah, I could do that.
1: What's Double Dragon the movie? Is that movie
2: based off the game Double Dragon. <laughs> okay, you just named a video <laughs> game and
1: then added the movie. Yeah,
2: what? When's the last time something was called something colon the movie? I feel like that was was that a, that was a thing for us growing up, right? When a when a yeah, game or a cartoon became a yeah. movie. Because
3: uh, you, otherwise, you'd think, man, the graphics on this look really good.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not very <laughs> responsive to my button pushes, though. More dialogue.
1: Jordan, right now I'm imagining you as a small child with a Nintendo controller at the movie. No, theater yeah, I brought like, it into Yah.
2: Mortal Kombat. Uh, someone told me that Malcolm McDowell is in the second Mortal Kombat movie. Really? Yeah, he replaced Christopher Lambert as Raiden, and now I want
3: to watch it. Someone just told Malcolm McDowell that he's in the second
2: Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Kombat <movie>. I was It's <laughs> my Malcolm McDowell impression.
1: That's gonna get me on SNL. We have one more suggestion from our audience. By the way, if you have if you have thoughts on this subject, you can email us at jjgo at dot org or give us a call two zero six nine eight four four fun. I
2: should probably try and get good with Yoon. It's very in vogue these days. Yoon is a very popular new character.
1: That's not a character on Street Fighter. It's in Street Fighter Four.
2: He, he comes from. There's Street no Fighter.
1: Street Fighter Four. There's Street Fighter and Street Fighter Two. You're just fucking with us. You're thinking of Pit Fighter.
6: <laughs> I am thinking. Yes, I am thinking of Pit Fighter. <laughs> Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Dan from Chicago. I'm just calling in regards to your action item. Uh, Jordan, I'm really sorry to hear about your job. That sucks. Um, here's what I would do if I were you. Um, get a bunch of your friends together. Go to Koreatown. Get yourself some Korean barbecue. Load up on the soju cocktails. Load up on the uh, Korean beer. Uh, go to Korean karaoke. Go to a bunch of-
1: So far, by the way, I just want to mention... This sounds like a great idea. sounds like a blast. Sure. No one ever invites me to Korean barbecue, and my wife can't eat enough meat. She likes meat, but only like a little tiny amount. So if I try and go with my wife, we end up spending $40 on Korean barbecue, and I have to eat all of it. <laughs> and it's weird. It's embarrassing. I need to go to Korean barbecue with some people that like to eat meat. So, so far, this sounds tremendous to me.
6: Mm-hmm. Keep Keep going to Korean nightclubs. Meet some Koreans is what I'm saying. Uh, I think you'll have a good time. That's what I usually do here. You might, um, also,
1: you might meet my tailor, Mr. Ryu. Okay. He's a super nice guy. His wife Nina is also very nice. I recommend trying to meet them at a nightclub.
6: I'm sure there are plenty of Max Funsters who would be willing to put you up uh, if you wanted to take your um, drink fest national if you want to go and drink in different cities uh you're welcome to crash with us in chicago um you can crash on my couch and go drink yourself into oblivion and i'll try to scrape you up off the pavement i'm sure there's people in new york that would be willing to help too maybe portland good places uh anyways i sorry to hear about your job i wish you the best of luck
1: talk to you soon take care bye i like this idea of a tour
6: Sure.
2: Yeah. yeah, you know, I and and that's actually been suggested like places I can go on a bender. I guess I, I guess my I guess like I shouldn't be spending money on travel though.
1: It's a good point. But I mean, like, I'm he's not getting suggesting a, I'm not getting
2: a severance package.
1: He's suggesting budget travel. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I like about this. I'm I'm picturing you you go you you stay with Cracksworth. Mm-hmm. You stay with Zach Linder. Sure. You know what I'm talking about? You go from, you go from trusted Max Funster I recommend. This is my idea. You take the California Zephyr out of Los Angeles. It goes through the Rocky Mountains. You drink on the train... Is this, not, this a flying machine? sounds like a blimp.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds, like a, a, sounds like a steampunk uh, <laughs> this is way a, to get around. This is
1: a train that goes through the Rocky Mountains. It goes right through the Rocky Mountains. It's really? got a beautiful observation car. Oh. And it goes to Chicago as its final destination. Huh.
2: How long does that take?
1: T- days. Yeah. You could get so wasted. And every time... When you
2: get you get off the train and get back on? You put liquor in your luggage. <laughs> okay.
1: You, you stow away on the train. Yeah. I
2: like this I wear a raincoat soaked in gin. <laughs> what and I just <laughs> suck on the sleeves.
1: What I'm worried about, Jordan, is mm-hmm. I don't... If you go on a bender, I don't want you driving a car and getting into an accident. No, I wouldn't drive a car. I don't want you... I have a walking bender planned.
3: No, you get into other people's cars. That's what you do on a bender. Yeah.
1: I'm just... I just don't think it's safe to go on a bender in Los Angeles. It's just not a good place for a bender. It's easy to get lost and forgotten. You got to sure. get on a train. It's a closed area, mm-hmm. and you go from Max Funster to Max Funster. You go to Chicago. You stay with Tom DJ. Where's he bending though? In on the train and at each stop of the train. So the oh, okay. train
2: stops somewhere. So Taos,
1: New Mexico, or something. Go get fucking plastered in Taos, New Mexico. Yeah, I could do that. Check out. The, get buy yourself some turquoise jewelry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that might be too expensive. Yeah,
3: I say yeah. you find a max fundster to stay with in each
2: city you, that this train stops on.
1: Yeah, you, how
2: much is what's this train ticket setting me back?
3: I think we need to do a little mini Jordan Bender drive.
2: Yeah, to we could sponsor do a Kickstarter. Yeah, Jordan wants to get drunk in, in a city that he doesn't live.
3: <laughs> no, in No, well, say it's a documentary. We oh. just ra- <laughs> 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 yeah, that's how you get money on Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah, what
1: would we need? I mean, we'd only need what two thousand dollars. Don't you think we could do this project for $2,000?
3: Yes. Mm, I think less than that. Yeah. You think less than What's that? this train cost?
1: I fig- I'm figuring 500 for the train. Yeah. Well, he's got to get back at the end, too. So that's another couple hundred bucks. And then you steal everything else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. you, you only eat like crab apples and stuff
2: sure no this is a box car i'm stowing away in now yeah you and just, that's free i mean you just heat, i can ride the rails like yeah
3: this. and then you heat some canned
1: asparagus over a sterno can mm-hmm. we can but no seriously we get you a nice we get you a sleeper car mm-hmm. we get a you pullman? a pullman we get him a pullman with his own pullman porter <laughs> a wise black man a I wise guess, elderly African American <laughs> gentleman, one was black Hollywood douchebag, <laughs> <laughs> probably played probably played so by President Morgan say. Freeman.
3: Yeah, what if Fifty Cent wants to play the porter though? Oh
2: boy. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. Mean, I guess. Is this the best place to spend that five hundred bucks? Though I guess should I be? Should I be? No, it's not. You should give it to charity.
1: You should give it to charity. No, that's No, a we're raising issue. the money for you, Jordan. Oh, okay. I'm an experienced fundraiser. Yeah. yeah, this is for Jordan's transformative experience. I'll withhold it. How about this? I'll withhold it from your next max fund paycheck. <laughs> oh,
2: okay, that's fine.
1: And then that way, it's not It'll your fault. Like my it's Indian mine. Taxes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll send. Uh, will, and I'll just buy you the ticket, mm-hmm. and we'll we can go down to the Bevmo. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and get you a few jugs, mm-hmm. and then and then you just hit the road. You can get Olympia
2: beer at the Bevmo now.
1: Is that a good beer?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a staple of the Pacific Northwest. It's very tasty. What about
1: Anchor Steam? Yeah, you could probably get an Anchor Steam. It's a popular beer in San Francisco. Yeah. Anchor Steam. Hmm. That's all I got on beer. That's fine. I noticed there's a beer-making store near oh, my house. Oh, yeah? Yeah, over in Eagle Rock. Eagle Rock home-brewing supplies.
3: Well, let me just tell you, you're not going to get very far drinking fancy home-brews yeah. on a, on a $2,000 budget. I, you got to think Steel
1: Reserve... Schlitz. I also want yeah. to say, homebrew. That is not a store. That is a mail order company.
5: Yeah, there you should know, not you be a brick and store you for need,
1: your. Uh, you don't need to attract walk-ins. Sure. Like, oh, I've always been interested in the incredibly complicated process of turning wheat and hops into beer. <laughs> well, maybe the guy lives there. That's all. All you need for it to be a homebrew. That's true. Maybe you should move into the homebrew place to save on rent.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I can live in a still. <laughs>
1: it's save on beer money. Yeah. I like the idea of you riding a train, a beautiful, this is a beautiful train. As I yeah. said, it goes Sounds through. Sounds like you're
2: getting a little kickback from this train company, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this a sponsor that I don't know about?
1: Absolutely not. You're going through some of the most beautiful country in America. No, I would, I mean, I love you're the idea. you enjoying it. I
2: love the idea of, of, of you know, seeing America, be going to a place I've never been, I and guess. Yeah, I guess.
1: Everywhere you go, you're carrying around a jug of Carlo Rossi wine like mm-hmm. you were E-40. Sure. Does E-40 do that? Yeah. Hmm. He raps a lot about how much he loves Carlo Rossi that's wine. <laughs>
2: okay. I'll take it under advisement.
1: That's, I think that's the most realistic plan so far. You go on a train. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got
3: to settle this now on the show. Oh, You yeah. can't decide on your own time. You know, Jordan, you can
2: tune in next week. You
1: can share intimacies with some of these Max Funsters. Yeah, Zach Linder will suck your dick. Oh, hey, I mean, sorry, Zach. (laughs) I used your name because I knew you'd be cool with it. You would. (laughs) Also, (laughs) yeah,
2: (laughs) I have wanted to get some male blowjobs in some other time zones.
1: Right. Because you can't get them at home, the word might get around. Sure, yeah, male
3: blowjobs are very underrated.
1: (laughs) They know what they're doing. They know how to work the equipment. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Plus, they high five you afterwards.
1: Jordan, you got to hide your shame in Taos, New Mexico.
2: Yeah, I guess so. I guess I gotta, I gotta. uh, This is a good plan. Okay.
1: This is a really good plan. Come on,
2: you're not gonna do better than this.
1: Come on, the train is great. We're getting you a sleeper car. You don't even get, I have to go on one of those reclining chairs. A sleeper car, Jordan. You go out and check this out. Let's say there's someone you want to murder.
2: Okay. There <laughs> there it is. Continue. And you meet I'm someone thinking of him or her right now.
1: <laughs> and you meet someone on the train and there's someone oh, they want sure. dead. Yeah. You're both pretty wasted on Carlo Rossi wine.
2: Yeah. It can be a real along came Polly situation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Love. Love. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective.
3: a Big time Gene O'Neill.
1: Hey, look at this. We got some uh, sponsor messages here. Yay! Uh, first of all, special thanks to our sponsor this week, MakePixelArt.com. Uh, it is a cool online drawing tool for uh, drawing pixel-type arts. You know about these arts? Yeah. It's like your Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Uh, you're... George you're Plimpton's p- video Falconry. <laughs>
2: sure, you're pit fighters.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a mobile application, but um in the meantime, it's an internet website called MakePixelArt.com. So thanks to makepixelart.com. Everyone should visit that and make some arts on there. Uh how about this for a personal message? Uh here is a message for Angela from mm-hmm. Adam. He says Happy first anniversary, Angela. I love you even though you watched a man fuck a pineapple and then called your favorite podcast to tell everyone.
2: Oh, hey. I remember when that happened. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't there, but I remember That's when really we talked sweet. about it. That is sweet.
1: Did we already read that one? I feel like we might have already said that on the air. Or did I just read it before when it, uh, when it no, came out? No, I mean, up? I think
2: you're remembering that pineapple fucking story.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. No. I'm really incoherent from okay. this flu. Um, it's not really the flu. It's, it's a cold. Uh, hey, we got one more ad up here on the sure. jumbotron. Uh, this one comes from <laughs> this one comes to us direct from Mister J Frosting. Mm. Um, it is a podcast called Pre Recorded Late Night. Um, all you got to do is uh, look for it in your iTunes. Um, it is a uh, podcast or Google Pre Recorded Late Night. Uh, he says, on this podcast, we invite comedy-type people onto our parody of a talk show and then ambush them with a new uh, name and job description. So, for example, uh, Jessamine, who is one of the uh, head honchos over there at Metafilter, mm-hmm. friends over there at Metafilter, uh, she went on the program uh, to play a, and they, and they announced when she went on that she was a banker who works across the street from Occupy Wall Street. Terrific. So he puts he puts these people into awkward situations. Oh,
2: and we get to see, see their improvisational well, we skills. We get to see
1: their improvisational skills. Like a lot of fun. So if you've ever wanted to see what Jessamine, the admin from Metafilter is like, yes, when she she's a real nice lady, I've met her. Uh when she's forced to uh, play a character mm-hmm. uh, with a social conscience. Yep. Um, the character, the context has a social con- conscience. This character may not have, for all I know. There's really only one way to find out, Jordan. Yeah, is to listen. That's to listen to pre-recorded late night uh, by Googling pre-recorded late night or typing that into your uh, Information Tunes appliance. Um, if you want to get up on the Jumbotron, it's MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It's cheap. It's affordable. Absolutely. It's a tremendous advertising value, Jordan. I think so. You get results. It's a, and in terms of relationships, it is dramatically better than anything else out there. It's better than a night on the town. Mm-hmm. It's better than uh, buying all those rose leaves to throw on the bed. Mm-hmm. One you mention. Know, you should,
2: typically, if you're trying to, to romance a woman, you do rose petals. Rose
1: leaves don't look like much.
2: No, you use <laughs> rose
1: leaves. Yeah. Well,
2: I, I'm just saying... Oh, wait,
1: no. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Rose Byrne.
2: Yeah. You get <laughs> Rose yeah. Byrne to roll around <laughs> in rose your bed. You're in Rose Byrne. Your uh, wife or girlfriend will immediately be insecure because of how beautiful she is. Yeah. And then she'll leave you.
3: Man, I thought it was Leave Copies of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern <laughs> Are Dead by Tom Stoppard <laughs> on
2: their bed. <laughs> Boy, I don't know how you got there. <laughs> I mean, I guess they both start with R.
1: <laughs> anyway, just uh, type it, type it into the internet MaximumFun.org slash jumbotron. I've got a little bit of an illness here. Uh, we'll be back in just a second. Not Jordan Jesse. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Big time Gene O'Neill. When something momentous happens, we ask that you give us a telephone call at 206-984-4FUN and report it to us for our signature segment, our beloved signature segment, Momentous Occasions. Uh, let's go to the tape, shall we?
0: Hi, Jordan, Jesse, guest. Uh, statistically speaking, I'm just going to say Nick Repeat Adams. I have a momentous occasion.
1: I... Bad call, dipshit. Yeah, wrong hmm. again. You rolled the dice and you lost.
0: I was at a hipster neighborhood street fair. Uh, you know, Korean drumming, middle-aged white people in fringy belly outfits with weird stick dancing, gluten-free cupcakes, that kind of thing. Anyway.
1: Wait, middle-aged white people doing stick dancing? Yeah. It, I think she's sense. thinking of high school-aged Filipinos doing stick dancing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: at the youth book sale i found the best book i ever spent a dollar on it's called you can always tell a harvard man and its only purpose is to go on about how awesome harvard is and shit all over yale so if i may indulge in a brief reading of chapter one yes virginia there really is a harvard yale is a night school located at new haven connecticut near the football stadium but visiting potentates from foreign shores
7: usually ask for the conducted tour of Harvard. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi Guest.
2: Wait, was that the whole thing? I think so, yeah. I mean you found a funny Harvard book. No, I think that was in the book.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: hi Jordan. Hi Jesse. This must have gotten cut off or something. This seems that seems wrong, right? Colin wouldn't have picked that. He's no stone jug. <laughs> Our intern, Colin, who screens the calls. I guess maybe he just thought that we would yell at Harvard and Yale.
2: Yeah. Oh I'm on, he, board.
1: I'm on board for that. I guess that.
2: he thought we were all Yale men, so this would be particularly incendiary. Well, we went to the <laughs> Yale of Santa Cruz. Sure. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and we're on the crew team there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm. The main thing that the crew team does at Santa Cruz, though, is mescaline. Sure. Okay, let's just go to the next call here.
7: Hi Jordan, hi Jesse, hi guest. Uh this is Adam from Tacoma, Washington calling in with a moment of shame. Uh I was at a an alto uh, an Oktoberfest party uh, called Maltoberfest where we drink malt liquor and I'd been there for a while I was kind of drunk. Uh this pretty gr-
3: He's still drunk, right?
7: I mean the signs point to yes. It
3: sounds like he's coming from the party. Yeah.
7: girl came up to me and she said, uh, pardon me, but uh, you look a lot like Wiley Dufresne. And I said, oh, yeah, Wiley Dufresne. Uh, crawled through 500 feet of shit and found freedom on the other side. And then she just kind of looked at me. There was an awkward silence. And I said, uh, oh, wait, that's Andy Dufresne. I, you know... <laughs> Shawshank Redemption, Andy Dufresne, and more silence. And she was referring to uh, Wiley Dufresne, the molecular gastronomist. I guess
1: uh, that's a shitty moment of shame. I'm turning against Colin. Maybe it's just these. Uh, maybe it's just these fever hallucinations I've been having. But I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna fire Colin.
2: I mean,
3: I don't know. I thought it was pretty shameful. I mean, the yeah. molecular gastronomist.
2: And also, also, also shameful that you can quote Shawshank Redemption at the drop of a hat. No, maybe that's not shameful. Yeah,
3: It's not shameful to another guy. I think it's shameful across the genders. So that's sure, a movie okay.
1: with two different presidents in it. President Morgan Freeman and President yeah. Tim Yeah,
3: That's another uh, Frat boy poster. That's another movie that yeah, bum, g- 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 yeah that's, like, that's like yeah,
2: that's like in, in every frat guy's like top five movies to like prove that they're sensitive. Yeah, they're like oh, they just like they throw yeah, they throw that one. Yeah, you
3: there. get that on the DVD shelf for sure.
0: Hi, Jordan Jesse Go. This is Callista from New York. I'm calling with a momentous occasion. This morning, I got into the elevator that uh, takes me down to my subway platform, and the elevator operator was unusually garrulous, saw that I was holding a cup of coffee, which by the way was decaf, and said, oh, I see you have your wakey juice, that's what I like to call it, wakey juice, thought you would enjoy that.
2: Nothing. I just think it's sad that Tyrese Gibson is operating elevators now. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it, I mean, he's a great actor, a pretty good singer. It's I don't know. It's a shame.
1: Maybe he's just researching a role, though. I um, was in a taqueria today. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to brag or anything. Ooh. And on the TV, they were Foreign playing... Foreign food? They were playing a Fast and Furious movie that had Ludacris and Tyrese in it, but I didn't recognize it. I That's don't know which one, one it was. No, it or wasn't it, the new one. It could be two. It was then. It must have been Fast and Furious They're too. Too fast, too furious. Uh-oh. Yeah.
2: There was something. Gene, if you have any questions about Fast and Furious continuity, <laughs> I can help you out.
1: There okay. was something they had turned. Maybe they had turned up the color saturation all the way or something like that. <sighs> and the and contrast. Again. No, no, no. <laughs> it looked like it looked. You know that kind of way that a children's television comedy looks. Like everything is really white and bright, like a, like the like a Zach and Cody's The Sweet Life or whatever looks like. Like everything is everything is lit, like almost phosphorescent. Yeah, like every yeah. single thing on the screen is lit. It sort of looks like almost like they just took some cameras outside at noon and just shot well, that out there. That movie takes
2: place in Miami. Well, they so it's, it has to be. Sexier. Everything
1: is really shimmery in Miami. Yeah. There was something things are reflecting off of. There was in something wrong. <laughs> there was something wrong with this television in this taqueria mm-hmm. that made Fast and the Furious 2, too fast, too furious. Into that, it was. It was as though you were watching. It was as though you were watching Bullet, but like the color values made it look like a Canadian educational TV show, like Today's Special or something. <laughs> you know, like or 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 the the wreck of the Mimi. Um, yeah. It was very disconcerting, is what I have to say. And I got worried. Maybe
2: it's that bad presentation that's led Tyrese Gibson to have to operate elevators. The main thing (laughs) it
1: reminded me of was, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, clips online of the Star Wars Christmas special. Sure. But, you know, it looks like a TV special from 1983 or whenever it was from. But actually, it it has, actually has Harrison Ford in it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like. It looked like Tyrese and Ludacris had oh, yeah. done some kind of weird narrative infomercial,
2: <laughs> or maybe guest stars on an episode of "You Can't Do That on
1: Television." <laughs> yeah, it was completely baffling. They were they were there, and then the, I should also mention the cast of "Hey Dude" was there. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't know what I don't know what they were racing cars. I guess they were in the movie, or they were in the restaurant. Yeah, they were in the movie and in the restaurant. Oh wow! Did I mention? Was that the premiere of their movie? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, they had it at their taqueria. They own the taqueria. Okay. Yeah, it's it's right it right it's right next door to the uh, all that pizza joint, (laughs) (laughs) and also good burger. (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck! We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Moore's boy detective. Big time Gene O'Neill. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want, to, uh, I want to say one thing to Gene. I know, Gene, you're not a baseball fan, uh, you're more of a football and basketball fan. Um, but Jordan Jordan just tunes out even if you just say the word ball. Yeah. I know some ba- I was a baseball fan when I was a kid. Okay. I've been watching the World Series of baseball very enjoyable. I'm rooting for the St. Louis Cardinals. That's the end-of-the-year championship, Jordan. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like... You right. would... The Stanley Cup. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's You would know it as Pit Fighter. Okay. Sure.
2: Um, final boss. Oh, yeah. I wish I knew who like, the final boss of Pit Fighter was. That'd make a great
3: joke. Well, this is like M. Bison versus... Uh, That's good. Um, Sagitt.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sure. Wait, Bob Saget. He Pit Fighter.
3: He's the Street Fighter
1: character Jordan what needs if, to play. What if all of those weird digitized guys in Pit Fighter were played by Bob Saget. <laughs> he did a lot of mocap work after Full House. Um, but I've been looking at these baseball players, and I got to admit, I have not watched a lot of baseball in ten years or so because I haven't had any cable. And there's no, there's not a lot of TV, there's not a lot of network television baseball outside of the World Series. So I'll, I'll watch the World Series every year, but sometimes I'll see something on a, at a friend's house or something like that. But generally, I don't watch a lot of baseball. I've been watching this World Series, and the thing that has struck me the most is the sheer volume of ill-advised facial hair. Just every single player has some kind of weird... When was the last time
3: you would characterize baseball facial hair as advised? What, what era of baseball?
1: That's the thing I had to check in with you about because I, I, as soon as I said that out loud, I remembered that I remember the last when I stopped watching baseball in I don't know two thousand three when I stopped getting cable, stopped watching it regularly. I do remember thinking, why do all these men still have goatees? But. And I guess there was a lot of mustaches.
3: Yeah. Well into the 90s. And when we look back on those like old baseball cards, we say, oh, that was a great mustache. But that's in this post sincerity era that we live in, where ironically, that's a great mustache he had. But was that a great mustache at the time, or were, you know, non baseball players, you know, whatever would be the equivalent of the Wiseacre podcast host? Yeah. Think like, oh, get a load of this guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like. Raleigh fingers. I mean, Dennis Eckersley still has
1: that mustache. Yeah, he sure does. That he had twenty years ago. But you know, he's also got that death stare. So you're not going to fuck with him. You know. You know he can. You know he can paint a. He can paint a slider on the outside corner if he wants to.
2: Is it a way? Is it just a way of having personality without actually having to? have personality like you know it's like do they all want to have a trademark facial hair is that it
1: well they also have they also all wear these rope necklaces now that i that is relatively new that's only mm. been the last couple of years these rope necklaces these brightly colored rope neck like they're seriously you'd say rope you could basically tie up a boat with i remember
3: how thick these things are i think when i was last into baseball the fad was uh, baseball players all wearing an earring Yeah, I mean, baseball players are just a fucking embarrassment. They just seem to have no idea how to go
1: about expressing expressing themselves. There's some guys with beards, just regular beards, and they look fine. I think a baseball player with a beard, that's like a classic. You know, like a Steve Bedrock Bedrosian. You're looking at a classic style for a baseball player. Is there a hometown bias defending the Brian Wilson beard here? Uh, yes, I will defend the Brian Brian Wilson beard because of hometown bias, and I don't want to get too deep into Brian Wilson because he's in some embarrassing television commercials right now. <laughs>
2: yeah, he is. <laughs> but, oh, I've seen the the subway commercials.
1: Uh, they're for Taco Bell. Ah, okay. Um, by the way, here's one other thing that came up with the me subway watching of the, the World the South. Series. <laughs> And one other thing watching the World Series, I guess I hadn't watched a lot of Taco Bell commercials lately. Mm-hmm. But oh, a, man, you got to catch up. There's a <laughs> lot of... Yeah, a, if you
2: miss one, I mean... Yeah, you can't follow yeah. them.
1: There's, a, there's this one commercial where, there's, where this kind of Benny Hanna's guy is making a Taco Bell food.
2: Oh yeah, and it looks like it's sure it's meant to maybe evoke like the
1: cool chefs from like Iron Top Chef. I, th- I think it's yeah, it's supposed to be like Iron Chef, right? Yeah, except at the there's all these super close-ups of the Taco Bell thing. It's like some kind of it's like a, in a pita. It's like slices of gross chicken, like would be on top of a chicken Caesar salad that you bought out of a refrigerator at an airport <laughs> that has like a squ- a weird squirt of sauce on it. And then the guy like slides his knife under and folds this weird square pita over it. But this all happens in like super close up. If you're the director of a Taco Bell commercial, shouldn't your basic, shouldn't, shouldn't the like marching orders that they hand you say, please, no close ups of the Taco Bell food. (laughs) Like, shouldn't that be the bedrock premise of everything? Like who looks at that and thinks that makes me want to go to Taco Bell more.
3: Well, no, because I hold up my hand to the TV and think, like, yeah, that looks about right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you just want to make sure, like, it's not going to get away from you. <laughs> yeah. That's um, mainly.
1: Let's pick let's a tweet of the week. Every week we give out a free t-shirt to somebody who tweets about the show with the hashtag JJGo. I'm going to go with Turbo Tom this week. And sometimes, uh, sometimes, we, sometimes I pick one because it's funny or whatever. This one, I'm going to read it to you guys, and I have a question about it. I remembered that at Jesse Thorne, that's me on Twitter, Jordan, by the way, Jordan underscore Morris, Eugene O'Neill is uh, something a little complicated. <laughs> yeah, so. Eugene, right? you Y-O-U-G-E-N? Yeah, Y-O-U-Gene O'Neill. And
2: also the delightful at fake civil war. Oh, that
1: at fake civil war. Yeah. Yeah. Big time Gene O'Neill and Brian back in business lane have been running Twitter at fake civil war that is just a delight. You should really follow it. I think we should add a 1,000 followers to at fake civil war. Yeah, let's like, start a Kickstarter
3: program. It, instead of donating <laughs> yeah. money, you donate yourself as a follower.
1: If we can get if we can You don't get know, two know how th- Kickstarter works, do you? <laughs> we got 2000 000- <laughs> It's not just you ask for something that you, Yeah, it's a nah, web- maybe it is. <laughs> we got 2000 people to follow Spider-Man 223. Right? Yeah, sure. So we can get a 1000 people to follow f- at fake civil war. This is it's facts about the civil war that they are not actual facts. Well, i underreported facts. Uh, it's civil- fact. Basically
3: me. what your teacher didn't tell you in school. <laughs> oh, so this is for
1: history. she was too much of a pussy. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: <laughs> we talked about slavery mostly.
1: This is <laughs> This is what uh, this is what Turbo Turbo to Tom says. First of all, for context, i'm looking at his thing and i think these are pokemons in his background. I think they're Pokemons. They might be something else that's like Pokemons, but I think might they're Might be Pokemons. Bakugan. Is that something like Pokemon? <laughs> yes. These could be... Is that a made-up word? These just like... now. These
2: I mean, Pokemon be... is a made-up word.
3: No, <laughs> oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it means something in Japanese. No, that's in the Oxford
1: English Dictionary now. Oh, okay. Okay. He says, I remember Digimon. <laughs> I remembered that at Jesse Thorne was talking about the show Cheers on a recent episode of JJ Go. I started watching it, and it's fantastic. So I guess the question I'm asking is, did I really introduce this guy to Cheers? Well, I think uh, I
2: think what what maybe you don't know from not having regular TV is that um, there's no place to watch reruns of stuff like that like i feel like when i was you know when we were growing up like the syndicated tv shows that were on the afternoon you know like you could see mash and i feel like cheers hung out on tv land for a long time but now tv land or uh or like nick at night there's no nick at night anymore yeah
3: there is a nick at night is there but is it's it? like
2: it's like really recent. it's like the george lopez sh- not the george lopez show uh oh, this is gonna be racist this is gonna steve harvey the steve harvey show yeah i know uh whatever the george lopez sitcom was it might be called... I think it was George show. Lopez, yeah. Um, it's
1: impossible, or by like, the way.
2: I feel like the oldest thing I've ever... I've seen on TV recently has been The Nanny. Like, I feel like that's as far back as reruns go. Oh. So, I mean, I think it's totally possible that someone who's 18 or 19 hasn't seen Cheers I think it's
3: uh easy to write off Cheers you just think like ah that's like a show my mom and dad watch so it probably sucks yeah, yeah.
1: but
2: it's great it is really funny you know yeah, what else is really Seinfeld funny there's Seinfeld reruns and I guess there's Family Guy reruns maybe that's the only syndicated tv that's out there
1: well anyway. there's those there's those 30 rock reruns with the completely inexplicable posters sure and there's <laughs> those third rock
3: from the sun reruns mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Um, anyway, at TurboTom, email intern at MaximumFun.org with your uh, t-shirt size and your address, and we'll send, you, we'll send you a t-shirt. And everyone else, talk about us on, on, the, uh, on the Twitters. Um, listen, I, I have one question uh, for our audience. I am going to be in the United Kingdom next month. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. We're talking about England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. Mm-hmm. Gaul, Romania. Well, only northern only northern ireland harry potter castle not even that depending <laughs> on who you ask but i i am definitely doing a make your thing in london england on november 16th uh, you can find the information at maximumfun.org. But I'm going to be in Belfast in Northern Ireland for about a week, and I could do a meetup, but only if people want to do a meetup with me in Belfast. So <laughs> if no one wants to do it, Jesse can't do it. Well, it's a small, <laughs> I mean, it's not a huge place. It's only a, a few hundred, 350,000 people, and it's a foreign country, 10,000 miles away from where we are right now. So. Uh, I don't know if we actually have fans in Uh, Belfast. man.
3: Jordan, we should make fake email accounts. And then be like,
1: oh, Jesse... uh, Sure.
2: Senior Belfast. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) I... That's the guy's name. At (laughs) gmail.com. He has
3: a Mexican accent.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, it's his email. Hey, man. (laughs) You should come out to Ireland. Hey, man, those troubles was a bitch, man. (laughs) So many bombings. Um... So I'm going to make a message on the forum, and if if you're in Belfast or environs, if you're elsewhere in Northern Ireland, or you want to come up from Dublin, you know it's only a couple hours on the train or whatever, um, then uh, tell me, and we'll we'll set up a we'll set up a meetup for everyone to come and say hi and meet each other. But uh, that, and also uh, remember November 25th day after Thanksgiving, uh, our show at the Ice House. Yep, two zero six nine eight four four fun the telephone number to call JJ Go at dot org our email address. Our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. It's from their album, Kites Are Fun, the best of The Free Design, which is available on compact disc and digital audio formats. Big Time Gene O'Neill is uh, on the Twitters, at Eugene O'Neill, Y-O-O Gene O'Neill and at Fake Civil War. I can't... Begin to say how delightful this fake civil war is. It's real funny. Yeah, but Eugene, yeah, screw Eugene O'Neill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fake yeah. civil war on is civil war. where it's at. This is where, I mean, that's where your your sitcom deal is going to come from, right? Hell yeah. You're going to do a sort of Hogan's Heroes, but set in the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: just, they're not giving out Twitcoms anymore. Really? Yeah. They stopped giving that out? Yeah, you, now you have to uh, start pitching hour-long Tumblr dramas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Bye.